The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You'd be proud of this game, and you can do a great deal for football today. Great deal for all the players in the league and everything else. Oh, I see him looking. I'm closing. <gasps> I was born in it. Molded by it. Yeah, I said they, they got to wake up with their piss out. You talking about Rasool? Hey, what up? Mercedes Lewis here, a.k.a. Big Dog. And you listening to Poor Man's Packers Podcast. Go Pack Go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Poor Man's Packers Podcast, the one Packers Podcast in the state of our minds. I am Spencer, joined this week with Andrew. Andrew. Hello. And what a fantastic day. Uh, first day of November, the trade deadline came and went up. Bills Packers game came and went wasn't very good. Uh, I'm sure everyone saw the Packers once again lost 17 to 27, falling to three and five. Not so great. You said once again. I think that's the first 17 27 loss we've had this year. Uh, maybe there's been a lot of 27. We did lose once again. Yeah, just we lost. That's what I was that inferring. Score. I know. Yes. I'm just being a douche. Yes, yes. as as usual. <laughs> uh, but yes, today was the trade deadline, so we might as well just kick off with that. Packers Twitter, Packers Reddit, not very happy that the team went ahead and did not make a move today. Obviously, there was there was the Chase Claypool floating around, Brandon Cooks floating around, maybe some other help. We saw TJ Hawkinson get traded from the Lions to the Minnesota Vikings. Chase Claypool obviously went to the Bears for a second round pick. Uh, Andrew, initial thoughts on the trade deadline? Do you wish we would have done something? I mean, I... Is it always fun to hope we get a, a stud wide receiver or even a mediocre wide receiver that's not a rookie? Yeah, of course. I didn't have hope when that... I don't know if you saw that video of that guy before the game asking like the GM or whoever's in charge. Yeah. Say, hey, and his question... And everyone was like tripping about it. So there was a fan at the Bills game who reached out to Mark Murphy who was on the sideline and was like, hey, tell Goody we have to make a train. He was like, oh, well, wait till Tuesday. No, his words were... But his question which no one seems to understand in any thread or Twitter series I read. It he was, said, can we get a wide receiver? Uh-huh. And the reply was, yeah, up until Tuesday. So uh, it was literally, just, is, it's like, <laughs> can I go to the store? Yeah, it's four blocks away. <laughs> it is possible, you know? And I saw that and I was like, oh, that's confirmed. I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't just, yeah, I wouldn't get excited yet. Either you know? way, I mean, Mark Murphy says a bunch of dumb things. Right. Yeah. So yeah, either way, how... Thoughts on not... Uh, we got no one. I, actually, you know what? I'm not down. 
I'm not down about it. Yeah. Would it have been nice? Sure. Yeah. But our fucking guys came through and this loss more than any other win or loss mm. previous to this point in the season. There you go. I have actually the most faith in the team. The three and five football team. Yeah. Than I than I have. I mean, in 2016, I think we were three and five and we went to run the table. Or, yeah. Or four we and went six. We were something like something, that. You yeah. know, and, and um, granted, our competitors in the division weren't also like five and one or six and one or whatever. But I mean, it's nothing's out. Our guys are kind of coming together. Dubs yeah. looked fucking amazing. Our defense was rock solid. I know we put up t- or they put up 27 points. Win. There's some mistakes. I, I mean, I don't. OK, I won't say rock solid. Our run defense sucks. <laughs> um, but it was it was fun to watch. And I think there's some pieces kind of coming together. We finally ran the ball more as a whole. Yes. It was one of the more fun games to watch. Sure. Okay. We're getting lost. We're yes. getting lost. Yes, here. we are. We're talking about the trade trade deadline. deadline. Yeah, fuck. It sucks. It would have been nice to get someone. We didn't. Yes, that, I'm still yeah. okay. That's where I'm kind of at too. I, I'd like to know what the actual asking price was for Brandon Cooks. He seemed to make the most sense because he is a solid blocking wide receiver. He's one of the more underrated receivers in the league. Every year he puts up a thousand yards at least unless he gets hurt. And 29 years old, just signed a contract. That was going to be the tough part. I didn't really want Chase Claypool. Doesn't sound like we could have anyways because the Bear or the uh, Steelers turned us down because the Bears had a better pick. Um, and there's really not anyone else out there that I value that much anyway. So it sucks. I wish we would have traded for Brandon Cooks. He's pretty much the only guy. I mean, I would have kid myself into liking the Chase Claypool trade too. But either way, even with him, you have to lock him up long term. That I don't, and I don't think the Packers have that cap space for next year but yeah well they're, they're we'll looking see. for a two-year thing maybe yeah well brandon one, brandon one cooks two. is locked up for longer than that but okay just the fact that he's a veteran who could step in right away chase claypool isn't exact he's played in the league for the last three years but i'd still want someone who can step in and has more of a veteran presence but that was a big story today. Hoping we were all hoping that something would happen well, and if sammy stays healthy i mean <laughs> he can be our veteran our veteran presence at least sammy was healthy on healthy quote-unquote on sunday and had one catch for three yeah it's at this point when you're this far in the season you gotta yeah you gotta look to something else but yes we will as we always do break down the game we will have our pick six the six plays that shape the game after that we'll break down the offense and defense we will have take news once again this week hopefully i can put it together but Ryan Wood for the Green Bay Gazette is just, I've always really disliked this guy. And this week, again, him and Tom Silverstein, I think Tom Silverstein for the Green Bay Gazette is getting tired of him too. Just a not a very good reporter. So we'll talk about that and take news. We'll have this Kyle and Idiot, some Packers trivia. And then we will, of course, uh, preview the Lions game on Sunday. But first, pick six. Pick six. Pick six. Pick six. The Lynn Lake pick six for the week. I'm not sure what their the last beer that they had was the Emotional Vampire on tap, but I assume they're run out of that now since Halloween is also over. But they're going to be showing the game on Sunday at noon at Lynn Lake. So get there. I believe doors open at 11. But either way, it's going to be blacked out. So if you want to watch the game and not have to find an illegal stream or that one weird buddy that you have that has the Sunday ticket... Go to Lynn Lake, and I believe we will be there as well. Perfect. The first pick six play of the game, the score is tied up at zero. Facing a third and 14, the Bills are driving, and 
This has been one of the highlights or something we've seen on Twitter quite a bit since then. Josh Allen scrambles out to the left, starts to run, heading for the pylon, running for a first down, and about five yards short of it, Darnell Savage jumps up, tries to make a tackle, but throws out a chicken wing arm, trying to slow Josh Allen down, does not happen, picks up the first down, and a play or two later, they score the uh, go-ahead touchdown, making it 7-0, to but a nice first play to kind of set the tone of what the defense was going to be in the first half. Is that entirely fair? I yes. mean, did you think Darnell Savage had a good game? No, it wasn't that. I mean, but it was just like, I don't know. I felt like they held him on, on, a, on a couple third downs. It, it was mistake heavy, but without some of those mistakes, it wouldn't have, you could say that with any game, I guess it wouldn't have happened the way it did. Okay. Okay. You're fair. Thank you. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all I'm ever trying to do. I'm just be. trying to keep you accountable here. You know, that's, that's what you're here that's, for. That's but my yeah, job. I mean, the Packers gave up 24 points in the first half, gave up three in the second half. So the first half was pretty fucking shitty. Yes, they did. True. That is true. Thank you. Mm-hmm. The next pick six play, it is still seven two and nothing. And of course, you know, second possession for the Packers, they're looking to, you know, jolt the offense to get something going. So on first and 10, Packers call a flea flicker. A.J. Dillon gets the handoff, tosses it back to Rodgers. Rodgers throws it deep to a double-covered Romeo Dubs, who does not make the play. Ball was short, not a very good ball from Rodgers. The Packers followed that play up with a short pass to Tunyon and then a screen to Aaron Jones, neither of which pick up a first down, so the Packers have to punt. Once again, a theme we have seen this year, of when you're you know when you're behind some points they just go out and try to throw the ball and clearly it's hasn't been working didn't work here especially that big shot on first down yeah and i think that's the only time at least that they did go for big points it's kind of the opposite right because later on in the game they're like mm-hmm. when you would normally expect some of those plays you know where we're running but we're getting seven yards a piece so it's working right yes exactly and you know that that drive there right after that punt it uh, terrible, uh, not very good special teams to get at midfield. And then Razul Douglas lets up the Diggs touchdown, making it 14 nothing. Mm-hmm. So it was already bad, only made it worse. And, you know, they got the ball right back. So moving on, the very next drive, the very first play, Aaron Rodgers gets sacked, but there is a penalty that is called a hands to the face on the edge, I believe, who came. So it turned a what would have been second and 26 or second and 16 to a first and five. And a few plays later, uh, Rogers scored or threw it deep to Romeo Dubs, who may be awesome. That was like the highlight of the season so far, just about, which is pretty sad to say, but it at was. least getting some points on the board, making it seven to 14. But once again, one of those penalties that there was a lot of penalties that could have been called in this game, not to bitch at the refs, you know, we did last week too, but a play here and a play there, and just that one penalty alone was enough to spark the offense. Well, it's it's also just kind of like um, the first time all season that we've seen a magic or great throw coupled with a great catch. We've seen great catches. Right. We've seen great throws. But now, two of the same. You're like, okay, these are the Packers I'm used to watching. Mm-hmm. A little you bit know? more. We're a getting... little, no, sorry. Right, right. That one play, well, though, you have yeah, that back. But it's, but it's fine. We're getting it in bits and pieces now, not constantly, which it's been the last few years. Right. Just like weaning us off our yeah. fucking drugs. <laughs> Moving on to the next pick six play, 7-14 to 14 still. Uh, the Bills have the ball. It is second and six. They run it with Cook, who runs to the left towards the sideline. Quay Walker pushes him out of bounds and then pushes someone else. The telecast at first wasn't sure who it was. I thought it was maybe a coach. It was actually a practice squad player. 
leg gets thrown, an extra 15 on top of it, and I'm watching the game. I'm like, fuck, are they going to kick him out? I hope they don't kick him out. And then it seems like they're going to go along with the game. They rehuddle, and then sure enough, kick Quay Walker out of the game. It was one, the extra yardage, but also losing Quay and then losing Devondre Campbell right after that too. Pretty bad to have to replace both your inside linebackers that early, especially when you're going up against uh, Josh Allen, who's a scrambling quarterback. Quay was probably set to spy a little bit more, and then you have to have Isaiah McDuffie and Eric Wilson, who came in to fill in for him, do that instead. But once again, another mental stupid mistake from the defense that allowed the Bills to get more points. Yeah, I mean, those mental mistakes are inexcusable no matter what. You gotta, true. You're a professional pro- athlete in any situation. you got to keep your fucking cool. Yes. and It's just stupid. And once again, just a few plays later is when Isaiah McKenzie scored on the jet sweep, making it 21-7. to Not putting a nail in the coffin, but from there it was like, okay, this is kind of what we were expecting. But having, but having that play come to kind of solidify that this is going to be a scoring drive. You know what I mean? Having obviously that extra push out there with the penalty and the 15 automatic first, you're like, okay, well, they're going to score now and now we're going to get down by three scores no matter what. So that really sucked. Yes, that's just what it's been this year. Uh, Moving on, the next play, once again, the score is 7-24. They've made a field goal in that time facing a third and three. Rodgers hits Tunyon for a touchdown, but uh-uh, it comes back. There was a little bit of contact, so of course the refs call offensive interference. Offensive pass interference leads to a field goal, making it 10-24 to 24 with 10 minutes left in the fourth. But once again, kind of one of those BS whatever plays. It was like last week, too, against Washington where the... Um, the opposing team initiated the contact, but because the Packers finished it, we got called for it. So they called the pass interference, came back, should have been a touchdown, should have been points on the board. But once again, a big shift in this game. Well, I think that there's two plays so far that we've talked about that have had the biggest impact that like if they didn't happen, the game was a three point game at the end. And that's that touchdown to Tanyan right there. Mm-hmm. That was, um, you know, obviously not happened. And then when not they, happened. when the, when the bills came down and they got that field goal with like just seconds before yes. the clock time. Yes. And that was because of that penalty. Um, so those two things not happening, I think make the game a total of three points. So then our offense, you know, with the, let's say the, everything else put exactly the same, which we know it wouldn't, yep. but our offense is driving down with three minutes left in the game. If they had the mentality that look, we just have to get three points to tie this bad boy up. That's different than saying we got to get ten to tie this up. Yes, you know yes. we're playing different. It could it could be a totally different game had had that. I, I want to say PS as a biased Packer fan. Uh, sorry, BS pass interference call. Um, and you know that that's basically you know it yes. could have been totally different. Yes, and there was and that's been the story of the season this year. You know, right. it's been every game. There's a couple plays, and this is without even looking at the two fourth downs we had too. On the very first drive, we had a fourth down didn't convert on the one where. Christian Watson got hurt, and then the very next play, after that long delay of getting him off the field and everything, didn't convert that. Later in the in the uh, game as well, had a fourth down that got blown up, that Aaron Jones run. It's just these little plays along the line. There was a Yash Nyman hands of the face where I believe a sack occurred or it was a negative play. They didn't see the hands of the face. Could have been another big one. It's right. at that point in the season where everything's going wrong, where it's like, okay, well, here are the things that could have gone correctly. I'm also so sick of every week talking to you about how fragile Watson is. It's like, literally, we say the exact same words every <sighs> yeah, single week. Yeah, this one's tough. It was one of those two where you saw him run so fast and had 
you know, with no, his head forward. It's of like, course oh my he God. got hurt. I'm just saying the guy's so injury prone. And as a young rookie, it's like, what, what's his career outlook here? Yeah, you know? it's a bummer. It, you don't want to say at least. Made a glass. Was, yeah, it, you don't want to say at least it was his head, but it's not <laughs> a physical thing that'll show up. I mean, obviously we hope he's good and we'll see how he goes through the concussion protocol here. But yeah, right. less less than ideal. And if nothing else, and they talked about a lot after the game, Rogers and LaFleur both brought it up how they had a lot of plays drawn up for Christian Watson. And for that first drive to go to shit, when he goes down, it's like, fuck, I wonder what they had uh, drawn up for him. Sure. But moving on, the last pick six play. Well, here you go. This is the la- what we just talked about. Fourth and one Packers on the Buffalo 26. Handoff to Jones. Gets stuff behind the line. Yash didn't block Von Miller much at all. Tight end didn't block anyone on the edge either. Turnover on downs and, you know, Run game was working until it wasn't, but once again, that play could have shaped the game. You know, maybe that field goal at the end too that uh, Crosby missed, but it's it's a game of inches, it's a game of seconds, but uh, yeah, not not the best. Yeah, I mean, even if he makes it, we're still forty four seconds. We've done it before, but it's still yes. a long shot. I hate to blame that one miss. On Either the way, it was nice to have a game that felt, you know. These games kind of have sucked this year, but I do enjoy watching them because especially the first half, once again, every single drive mattered. And it wasn't until we missed that field goal that I thought we were going to lose the game. For sure. Like I'm still pretty optimistic, but I was like, well, fuck, if we make this field goal, we can still kick back. And like I was to the point where I got pissed off that the um, in Buffalo, the clock operator stopped the clock at uh, two minutes instead of two oh one instead of two oh one even the even the um, yeah. announcers were like oh they're gonna put a second back on here another for another play mm-hmm. yeah that was that was some BS yeah I mean once again I don't know how close it could have been maybe we would have could have got one more play off but yes it uh, less than ideal but still a lot of hope I still have a lot of hope in this team I know we're three and five we're one game out of a playoff spot currently not the best schedule coming up but we've seen crazier things happen with Aaron Rodgers but. Either way, it's, I will, you know, there was a lot of talk on Monday too about uh, moral victories, and I would say this was one of those. Yeah, we, mean, need, we need something when we haven't had an actual victory in a month. Literally what I said to my dad after the game. Uh, he, I'm like, yeah, it sucks we lost, but it was a good, fun offense to watch again. Yes. So, yeah, at I, least in the second half, especially. I wouldn't say like confident going forward, but I would use the word optimistic. There you, know? you go. Something, That's, some improvement. Yes. It, it was one of those games where you look afterwards like, oh, we only put up 17 points. It felt like we put up more, but that's yeah, probably just like, because of where we are. The team it's like right you're now. stuck in a deep, dark tunnel. You don't know where you're going. You see a little bit of light somewhere. It's you're still in a fucking deep, dark yes. tunnel yeah. that sucks. Yeah, but it was just a little there might cave. be an outcome. Yes. So moving on, we will talk about the offense. Uh, once again, it was nice to see a competent plan, it seemed like, even with, you know, we've talked a lot this year about the team not adjusting very well on offense or defense. And on offense, like we talked about, there was this big plan for Christian Watson to be more involved. He got knocked out pretty early. However, they were still able to, you know, 17 points isn't great, but they were getting a lot of yards. This was, um, they had the longest drive they've had on the season in this game. They put up the most yards per play in this game as well, 6.4. And it was nice to see them stick to the run game and actually have more of a plan for it as well. Like Josiah DeGuara, the reserve tight end, who we'll talk about a little bit later too. But the previous two weeks, he had only played seven snaps against Washington and the Jets. This game, he played 30 and was in the backfield a lot as a fullback. You know, the lead blocker, he did have the one reception as well. But it was nice to see a 
different idea, at least, in the running game. Well, those two stats you just said at the beginning of, of your sentence are something you'd expect to see last week, right? Like, yep. oh, the law, you know, so it's it's the Bills defense isn't no joke. Um, yeah, they're still the it, best best defense in the league. Yeah, so for us to have one of our longest drives against them and to be putting up 6.4 yards per play, I mean, that's that's a good outcome or stat to take away from this game. Yeah, yeah, and, and that's the thing, too, because even if we just, like, ran this type of game plan any of the previous three weeks, we probably would have had a better shot of winning any of those games. So moving on, Aaron Rodgers, uh, once again, 19 for 30, 203 yards, two touchdowns, one pick. He was sacked twice, but not too bad of a game. Um, I don't know. It's still some of these balls. You question his arm strength at times. Other times you don't. The Romeo Dubs throw wasn't very good. He had the uh, deflected ball that got picked, which wasn't great. But God, those ones, it's hard to like give him as much blame as you do on other types of interceptions. But he did have, he did show some life in his legs too. He had that one run for 12 yards where he picked up the first, which was... That was nice to watch. That was like the first time he's done that all season. But there's a lot of problems with this team right now. I think Rodgers is one of them, but I don't think he's, I don't know, in the top tier of sure. the issues that we have. Well, I mean, it was. I'm surprised to hear that stat with how much we ran. I didn't honestly think we would have had 200-plus yards in the air. That, that surprises me for sure. Right, yeah. Um, moving on to the run game, Aaron Jones, great game as always. 20 carries, 143 yards, an average of 7.2. About H- time. Yeah. A.G. Dillon had a good bounce back game, 10 carries for 54 yards. He had one reception as well for nine, which we haven't seen as much as from late, as much of lately. I don't know. Either way, it works. Uh, Aaron Jones had four receptions for 14 yards, but either way, this is kind of the offense we've been waiting to see, and it, they went up against the best defense in the NFL. It was it was great to see. Yes. But yeah, and even more on Aaron Jones for how good of a game he had. He had 13 missed tackles. He had 106 yards after first contact. He had four runs of 10-plus yards, and he had seven runs for a first down on Sunday. Those are insane stats. Yeah, so he just finds a way every single week. Uh, moving on to wide receiver. Starting with one Romeo Dubs, a nice little bounce back game after having four drops last week. He had four receptions for 62 yards. Obviously, the nice touchdown in the first half. But yeah, nice to see a bounce back game from him. He had that sideline grab too. The kind of plays we've been missing all year. The things we remember uh, Devontae Adams doing in the past. Not so much MBS or someone like that. But just seeing that he's capable of these types of plays Gives you some optimism going forward. Super nice to see. Uh, Ture, Samari Ture, his second game as a pro. He uh, out of Montana and his senior year, he played at Nebraska. Seventh round pick for us. The last few weeks, there's been talk that he's looked a lot better in practice. And uh, Aaron Rodgers did kind of say that today on Pat McAfee, too. He had the one drop, but then the very next play, he had the touchdown grab, which was kind of a, he was supposed to run a post but he evened it out and ran away from the defender, which is something that Rodgers wants these receivers to do. He kind of got on Romeo Dubs for not doing that the previous week, and this week it resulted in a touchdown, so that was pretty cool. Um, Sammy Watkins only had the one reception for three yards. I think a lot of people were expecting more out of him. His second game back out of injury, going back to Buffalo, the team that drafted him, and he did have just that one catch in the first half. He at least converted a first down with it, but... Would have thought we were going to see a lot more from him, not only this year, but in this game. And yeah, a little bit of a letdown there. Is Torre a, a name 
we can expect to hear a lot or often going forward? I don't. Well, it's always tough. Like he's a seventh round pick. He wears number 83, but he might already be better than MVS. I don't know. But <laughs> I it depends on all these injuries, you know, with Cobb, Lazard, I would think will come back next week. We got Cobb coming back too. I don't know. I it'll be interesting to see what happens with Sammy Watkins because he was just kind of a body lackluster for sure okay we'll see um and then of course christian watson we talked about him a little bit at the top but bummer to see him get hurt early it that speed he has even in the one play he had you just it you do have to take account for that on defense so to get that wiped out was not ideal moving on to tight end robert tunyon solid game the five receptions 35 yards should have had a touchdown he's still looking kind of weird coming off that injury he's slow at times there's a couple plays where you see him get it and he's got nothing but open space and he's a little you know kind of like he's got a tube on his back but that'll only get better with time he's still better than any other tight end we have on this team but yeah I mean, we've never really been a, a tight end first or, or even you know a team right yeah, like rogers no, never goes to tight ends it's nice to see him get involved yeah really never jermichael finley is about the only tight end that he that rogers has thrown to um consistently andrew corliss way back in the day too sure. was a little more reliable but yes um yeah and then josiah deguard as well nice to see him a little bit more involved not tyler davis a lot more snaps this week and i think that i think we're going to see a lot more deguara and running in the future hopefully it was still weird after the game rogers and lafleur you know, they both talked about, like I said, Christian Watts, but they also thought that they need to pass it a little bit more, which is strange when they had a perfect split of 30 passes and 30 runs. I guess there was an additional scramble from Rodgers, the 12 yarders. So that was kind of a outlier, but they, literally 30 and 30. So hmm. I don't know. We'll see. I guess you score more points if you pass, but we'll get into that later with Take News too to see exactly how much more efficient this team can be. Um, moving on to the offensive line. Zach Tom had to start at left guard a bit of, I think a lot of us assumed that Elton Jenkins was going to play. He popped up on the injury report late in the week and was questionable with a foot injury. Matt LaFleur did say on Sunday or Monday that Elton got stepped on late last week and that was enough to keep him out of the game. He tried a pregame, didn't work. So they had to move Zach Tom, who played left tackle last week, moved him into left guard. He did struggle there quite a bit. Grading out, he graded below average in pass blocking, and he also he, he was actually above average run blocking, but he's not a very big guy. He's kind of like, I don't want to see Jason Spriggs back in the in the day or David Pocteri when he was a rookie, but this offseason is going to be number one goal is just putting on weight for him, and I think he's will be a solid tackle in the future when Good. that happens. Um, but yeah, David Bakhtari, he had a great game back to... Once again, he played every single snap. I said this going into Washington that I think he just didn't want to play in Washington because of that turf. Fine, whatever. Can't blame him. Graded out very high in pass blocking, very high in run blocking. So nice to see that from the offensive line. And when you're getting 6.7 yards of carry like they did on Sunday, hard to really blame the offensive line. But yeah, we'll see. Yash is still a little shaky at right tackle. But overall, especially once we get Elton back next week, probably, if we have this line, which we've kind of wanted all season, just about of Bakhtiari, Elton, Myers, Runyon, and Yash at right tackle, pretty solid offensive line. Hopefully we can get into more of a flow in these games. Keep running the ball, pass protect Rodgers a little bit more. He can get a little more dialed in back there and 
maybe we'll have a competent offense going forward. That would be nice to see. Yes. Um, With that, that's all I had for the offense. We're going to have a quick commercial break. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Moving on to the defense, like we said off the top, you know, once again, they gave up 24 points in the first half, gave up the three in the second half. It's been a weird year for the Packers and also on defense, it's a game of halves. It's every week, it's either their shitty one half and good in the other, and they just flip flop just about every single week. So, you know, last week they weren't good in the second half. This week they were phenomenal in the second half. So I don't know what's going on there. It might be a little bit more of seeing that run game being sustained in the second half and everything, and the defense can catch their breath. Maybe it's the Bills putting their foot off the gas. But either way, we had more improvement as the game The Bills on. really aren't a team that takes their foot off the gas either, though. That's just not something they're known for. And I think even like Von Miller, I, he, he had his press conference, he was talking how like, shocked he was at how efficient their our offense was against their defense throughout our second half even and like that he's like we like our guys like to come out here and and win by 35 points like that's what we love to do and he's like it it kind of sucks that we we couldn't this is our first game not doing it this year man and he was like bummed yeah he was a good spirited guy but he was bummed i wonder how much of that too is von miller leads the league in sacks or at least did going into the game but he's one of those guys too where he probably likes it when the offense passes the ball so that he can rush the quarterback and he was hoping sure. to get well it. he did say that exact same thing too but yeah. he was saying that like nonetheless though he's like the bills our locker room is used to going after a game up yes. 35 right and i guess we'll get into that right now too because the receivers are elite elite Starting off with Jair Alexander he locked down Gabe Davis their number 2 receiver um, I believe he was only targeted four times in Jair's coverage, didn't let any receptions. He did have one pick in the game, too. It was weird how Josh Allen had, I wish the turnovers would have came in the first half, but he had those two turnovers in the second half. Razul and Jair picked him off. Nice to see that. He, uh, Jair, was that back-to-back plays, too, right? or like back-to-back drives? Because like I, I believe it was. It was like, we got an interception, we threw an interception, and then we got an interception. Yes, it was a very odd flow of momentum yeah. late in the game. Uh, but yeah, uh, Jair, either way, nice to see him bounce back and be a little bit more consistent here too when they're giving him a more defined role, I guess. He also had a deflection that forced a field goal on third down. So nice to see him make plays. I know everyone's like talking shit about him too, kind of, for like the whole that spear play where he was like, um, I don't remember there was this. a celebration where he blocked a ball or something oh, of yeah? the sorts. And he like took out some spear you know as like an air spear and spiked it into the guy on the ground and oh i don't um, remember seeing this yeah it was super cool to watch like it's there's (laughs) there's clips all over but then so like it seems like something they throw a flag for well they didn't and that's what i i follow like the bills subreddit i went to so they were all pissed like it was so funny seeing the 50 50 hate 
for Jair with also the love for him because like, <laughs> God, he fucking sucks. We pissed, he pissed us off. But then, oh, he gave the ball to that kid. So he's kind of a nice guy. Yeah. You know, so people are like, got it. I just, it's one of those things where you hate him, but he's a class act too. Hmm. So they respect him and yeah. he is good. Yeah, so I guess it, you, it was every, a pretty cool play. Yeah, Everyone views the game differently. I guess I didn't notice him do the spear thing. Maybe yeah. And was... he, well, and then the chirping with Diggs that like, met him back and forth. So people were kind of, he was pissed pissing off the fans too on the Bills side you know they're already like fuck this guy mm -hmm. but then seeing him like have fun and celebrate because he is doing so well they're like we like that but yeah. also fuck him yes yeah <laughs> so. also fuck him yes yeah uh, moving on to the other explosive player in this game was obviously Stefan Diggs who what eight games in a row now against the Packers he's at least scored a touchdown Razul Douglas gave up that long touchdown against him and Razul kind of had an up and down game too you know he had a sack he had a pick, but he also let let go of that uh, large touchdown to Diggs, and there was another big bomb that Razul just kind of had cement feet and was, wasn't able to make the ball. Well, and you could maybe answer, on the ball. answer this for me here, Spencer. Mm -hmm. um, defenses, like obviously Jair is one of the best corners in the league, and and Diggs is one of the best wide receivers in the league. Why wouldn't they have him match up against him? So, yeah, you know what I mean. And then put like Razul. On, on whoever Jair was was guarding. Because, like, wouldn't you think that would make sense? Yeah, and Matt LaFleur was asked about this after the game as well, and he does have a pretty good answer. We know Josh Allen is very good at football. He's pretty good at running as well. So when you're in man coverage, and we've seen this a lot in the past where receivers just kind of run or corners run with the receivers without looking back, and that kind of opens up this space in the middle of the field where you can run. So that's part of it for why you're not in as much man, more zone. But also, I mean, pe people keep saying this about Stephon Diggs, and yeah, he's he's a really good receiver. He's one of the best receivers in the NFL. But Gabe Davis is coming off. He had two touchdowns and 170 yards two weeks ago. He had a touchdown the previous week that he played, and they were coming off a bye. Like, he is no slouch. He's a younger player, newer, coming into the scene now. So that's part of it. It's also where these guys line up. So Jair usually will kind of stick on the outside more so. So if they're moving digs around away from Jair, you know, they're doing that on purpose. It's sure. like what the Seahawks did back in the game, back in the day with Richard Sherman, where they'd stick him on one side and it's like, okay, you're not going to throw on this side of the field. That's essentially what they're doing with Jair to kind of simplify so that they can, they're still doing both man and zone, but this way it doesn't totally change everything. Because okay. if you're no, that man, makes sense. a yeah. lot of guys have to yep. adjust to that as well. But yeah, we'll see. And then Eric Stokes, didn't have a very good game either. He's more he's his arrow's been pointing down the more the season's gone on. He got pulled from the game at one point as well. After the game, uh, he was asked about it and he said he'll have to talk to Matt. He just said Stokes is out. So we'll see what happens there. He hasn't had the best year, but I don't know. I don't know if I'm really begging for Keyshawn Nixon to come and replace him either. Moving on to safety. As alluded to earlier, this was probably Darnell Savage's worst game as a pro. One of them, the Vikings game last year, was pretty bad too, where he could have had a couple picks at US Bank Stadium. But this one, the he's just so bad in the run game. He's really bad. He's not very good in the pass game either at times. He doesn't make a lot of plays on the ball. Uh, the run D has just been abysmal. I like. There's been a lot of comparisons this week, and obviously it's to Haha -ha Clinton Dix. Darnell Savage has just turned into. Haha ha, Clinton Dix at this point. He's a faster version of him. Haha ha would almost, he would get like decent PFF grades because he would like stay out of the play just enough where it wasn't his fault. 
And Darnell is oh. kind of doing the same thing now on some of these run games too, where he's just not being aggressive enough to get his nose in there, make the tackle. And it's bad. It's, it's probably the, aside from drafting Jordan Love, one of the biggest glaring mistakes that Goody, the GM, has made, giving him, so Darnell Savage was a first-round pick. After four year, or after three years going to his first year, you have the fifth-year option where if you pick it up before the season, you get he gets an average of the top 10 or top half of that position paid for the fifth year. So he's locked into this year and next year. And next year, we're going to pay him $8 million no matter what. So basically, you're only going to do that if that person or that player is actually a top 10 in that position. If and, he's a decent player, and yes. And he's not. And so he's we, never we really shown. He's shown glimpses here, but it it was clearly like a goody paying his guy type move. And it's looking like more and more of a mistake as the year goes on. I like Darnell Savage, but... I would have, you know, it looks like Adrian Amos won't be with us next just, year. Just so I understand, remember that whole Le'Veon Bell thing a few years back? Is that the same thing? Like the they they wouldn't no, pay, they were going to pay him to lock him in, and he was like, "I deserve more." No, that's so it's the, a different contract. That's the thing. franchise tag. Yes. Okay, and that's got it. Kind of what we ran into back in the day with Jermichael Finley too. Okay, who was a tight end, but he played so much out as a wide receiver, he wanted wide receiver money. Got it. So that's yes. what I was just trying to understand. A different cool. Thing. And once again, Adrian Amos, he. Pretty bad tackle attempt on the Isaiah McKenzie touchdown, but other than that, he's still like the most sure tackler on this defense. Uh, moving on, the outside linebacker position, you know, didn't really show up much in the stat sheet. They're, the only sacks came from Eric Wilson and Razul Douglas. However, Josh Allen was pressured on 40% of his dropbacks, the third highest rate um, of his career. But also, when pressured, he completed six of nine passes for 166 yards and two touchdowns. So, so not great pressure. Not yeah, not good enough pressure. Right. But he's just he's a freak. He's I mean, an absolute animal. I hate that stat. It's like, oh, I did this for you, but what I did was terrible. Yes. Yeah. There you go. It was you tried. You tried your best. I mean, I didn't want to use an analogy that would like hurt someone. If I'd be like, oh, <laughs> my fiance cooked me dinner five nights a week, but it was burnt macaroni and cheese, four of them. Like, that's not there you good. Go. That kind of works. Yeah. She doesn't. She cooks really good meals. <laughs> we listen to this every morning, so I don't want to start off a terrible tomorrow. <laughs> that, that's great. That's great. Moving on to special teams. Amari Rogers was still the returner on punts, which is crazy to me. Uh, Jack Coco had some bad snaps. The would be, you know, the two the field goal in the last two minutes of the game was a low snap, not good, not good at all. And once again, I mean, there's been so much talk this year too. A couple bad returns. I really question if the special teams unit is that much better than last year. But with that, that's all I really have on this game. I have a question. Um, okay. Why would, would Goody want to uh, pay his guys? You said a quote, you said pay his guys because he drafted them. So he like thinks they're worth more value Dar- or to like yeah so and, and we've kind of seen it this year too with this draft class so darnell savage like i said was a first round pick first round picks are the only guys who can have that fifth year option oh so goody gave it to him and you know at the time because you had to pick it up in may or something or march and i was like god i really hope that he won't pick it up it was kind of iffy because he's a young player and yeah he has moments but that i think that's a big reason for it and you're kind of seeing it with even this year's draft class where a lot of guys late in the draft, like uh, Walker and uh, Tariq Carpenter, the special teams guy that we took in the seventh round, these are guys we didn't think were going to make the 53-man roster. However, Goody had them make the 53, 
and we haven't seen that much on the field at all. There's, okay, so he's putting his people to. So, so does, is it because he wants to say he has a, a bigger involvement in the team? No, or it's like what? It's, it's that he's showing faith in what he. Okay, what he's he backing his initial draft. plan and yes. saying, "I did not make a mistake." Yes. to keep me in my position. Right, and it's it's tough too because we don't have a ton of depth at safety. Rudy Ford has looked all right, but he was a well, late signing as well at the end of training camp. I, I know we're kind of getting over the the specific plays, but what shocks me is that there's all, all these analysts talking about the games themselves after they're done, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but is there not anyone like how you say oh Lafleur says oh well we need to pass more, you know, like you said after his conference. Yeah, is there no one that like the Packers front office or any football team's front office can look, can hire to say statistically against this exact defense is what we should be doing. Well, that's, I just don't understand. There's so many different people within the organization. Like the uh, assistant quarterback coach right now is pretty much purely an analytics guy. He's always been that, but either way, the general manager, Goody, he's, he's the end all say all for no, these moves. But I'm saying there has to be hire someone to look at stats and just pure data and yes, say, that, against the Bills, yes. we need to be running 70% of plays if we're going to win. Or we need to be throwing 70% of plays. I, I'm just picking yes. numbers. I'm not saying run 70, no, throw every, 70. No, every NFL team does have different analytics teams. They're, I just like some days we come out, we don't we run six times, and it's like, what the hell? And then we come out, we run 30 times, and it's like, well, we're down by three yes, scores. Yes. What the hell? Well, there we go. This will be perfect. We'll talk about that a little bit more. We will now have take news. For the week. All right. Football time. Take news. All right. Take news for the week. Uh, like I alluded to, Tom Silverstein and Ryan Wood for the Green Bay Gazette. They have a podcast, the Packers, Packers podcast, Packers news podcast. Cassidy Hill, who's also on the beat, is the host of the podcast. I've... You know, I like listening to what the beat reporters say because they watched all of training camp. They watch every week practice and all of this. And they should be a non-biased, you know, form your opinions off of what you're seeing type people. So once again this week, and I think Tom Silverstein is starting to get tired of Ryan Wood as well here. Is Tom Silverstein the one last week or two weeks ago when we had them uh, listen to them? They were like he was like calmer with a more rational yes, opinion. A, a lot of a lot of fans don't like Tom, especially when the Packers are doing well because he points out a lot of flaws in the team. And when the so team, he's rational, he's level-headed. I, I like to think he's very rational. He's been on the beat for like thirty years, cool. so he's seen everything at this point. Um, so this is part of their podcast this week. We'll have a couple clips here, but I'm going to start things off. So this is this is Tom. <laughs> Don't worry, this gets into the whole run versus passing. This is Tom talking about the game and how he was, you know, a little optimistic. Optimistic isn't the right word, but it was nice to see them have a different game plan and have some success with it. I wanted to see if there were a number of things that they could do against Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo has the number one offense in the NFL, number one defense in the NFL. They're the best team in the NFL. Nope. Hands down. So I wanted to see what they could do. And I, and what they did was what I wanted to see, which was run the ball. I wanted to see if they just put the ball in the hands of Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, what could they do? I think they proved if they stick with it, they can run the ball against a good defensive team. And if they had done this against Washington, which basically played the same defense, 
they would have won that game. And if they would have done the same thing against the Giants, I think they would have won that game. I, I think they found a formula. I just don't know if they're going to stick with it. So I think Tom makes a lot of sense there. You know, we saw some success out of the run game. We hadn't seen it too much, and it was going up against the best run, well, the best defense in the NFL. I mean, rational take, fully agree with everything you said. Yep. So now here is Ryan Wood, and Ryan Wood goes, uh, you know, I'm going to have to cut this up a bit, but he goes on this whole take rant type deal where he thinks the team needs to pass the ball more and to be a successful team, a competitive team in the NFL, you need to pass better. Well, they need to push the ball down the field because they lost. I mean, I, I don't know what they're searching for the formula for, but it's to win. And this was not a competitive game. This was a 14-0 game out the gate. It was 24-7 to at halftime. It was double digits the entire second half. The only reason it was even as close as 27-17 was because of a late touchdown in garbage time when they're down 27-10. At no point in this game was it competitive. Like, let's be clear about this. There was never a point where you thought, yep, yeah, Packers could win this game. It was over as soon as it began, and it never really got all that, from a competitive standpoint, entertaining or, or, or close. The reality is when you only run the ball, and yes, it's this, the one thing we know this team can do. They can run the ball. We've known that. But when you only run the ball, you're not beating the good teams in this league because this league is designed for passing offense, to stretch the field, verticality, big plays in the passing game. And when you can't do that, and to be clear, the Packers cannot do that, you're not beating good teams in this league. So the reason why Aaron Rodgers is right, they have to they absolutely – have to stretch the field. They have to push the ball downfield. Not only do that, because they tried that early in the season. That's why they've resorted to only running the ball the past couple of weeks, or certainly this week, and running the offense through predominantly Aaron Jones last week in Washington is because they tried to only push the ball down the field, and that didn't work. But there has to be some semblance of balance to complement the run game because a run game on its own is not going – it limits your ceiling for what you can actually do as a team in this league. So – Ryan Wood there, you know, you heard he's talking about some balance. We said it earlier, literally in this game, there was 30 passes. There was 31 runs. If you count Rogers scramble, which was a pass play and 30 runs or sorry, and 30 passes. So it was 30 and 30 essentially. And he's talking about, <laughs> they need to stick to the run game. He screws up. He's saying like, oh, we've known they've been good or they've been doing this the last couple of weeks, two weeks ago. But they didn't. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon combined for 12 or 13 rushes, I think. And before that, it was like nine. Yeah, something like that. So now he's pushing this whole, well, you know, if you don't, if you can't pass the ball, you're limited as a team and you're not competitive if you're running the ball. Is he actually just dumb or like, is he just trying to get clips played more? I, I don't know because he's Ryan, like he's a smart guy and he does ask a lot of good questions in press conferences. But sometimes where he, when I hear his opinion on things, I just it seems like he comes in like he'll watch the game or come in with a preconceived opinion. And then no matter what, you can't change it or he's just going to push what he thinks. He literally just said, we need to be able to find a balance between the run they and the pass. To, they need to. He's not part I'm of the sorry, team. They need to be able to find a balance between the run and the pass. And like you just said, 203 yards on the ground, 207 yards in the air, 30 plays and 30 yes, plays. Yes. What? It doesn't. Okay, well, that's the balance. That's a 50-50 balance. Yep. I agree. Obviously, you do need to be able to throw the ball. Of course. Yes. But so, but what else do you want? So here, we'll play this too. And this is just because <laughs> then it's great. This is where you can see Tom Silverstein starting to get frustrated because he's like, well, no, I'm talking about they're starting to find a plan that they can have on offense when passing hasn't worked this year and whatever else they've been doing, they haven't had a, a real competent offense. But this is more of them just 
talking through this and they don't get very far. They weren't a very good team tonight, though, either. It was never competitive. They were against the very best weren't. team. Against in, the very, yeah. yeah. But here, the but here, best but, team in the country. They're, in the, they're not, they weren't, this wasn't about being great. It was about reshaping who they are. And this is the first time they really looked like um, they could reshape and find some kind of identity. Be physical. It's the first time I've seen them be really physical on offense. See, to me, though, that just shows how far off the rails this team is. Like, the point is that this team is in critical win-now mode because it's squeezing every ounce, every drop that they can out of Aaron Rodgers for the rest of this whatever window they have with him. And that's, that's, they're not in it for moral victories. They yeah, are that far off. About no. Oh, oh, but, well, well, okay, it was a good night for them because they were able to reestablish their identity. That's not what the design of this season was going in. Okay, but relative to what they've done the first seven games, this was the step yes, back in the right direction. That, that, that doesn't reevaluate what this season is. Okay, well, but here's what this season was. That's still well, nine more games big to go. Big picture, you, you, that's a big it's problem. It's three and four. You're, you're looking at uh, the season as a whole, and I'm looking at it as they're three and four, and they got to do something. Right. they got to do something to turn their season around. But, I mean, I guess it's, it, it depends on what angle you're looking at it from because it's like to to get there this season, they got to make the playoffs. To make the playoffs, they've got to start winning the games. To start winning some games, they've got to find a formula like they did tonight. So relative Which wasn't to close what they, to enough. It was wasn't, a heck of a lot better than that. They weren't been. blown out. Congrats on the moral victory. It's not a moral victory. That's exactly the definition of I'm a moral victory. They weren't, they weren't blown out. You said that this Not a bad been, night. But if they can take this and push it even farther forward, then it was a step in the right direction. You guys are awfully optimistic. I don't know I if I'm optimistic. I didn't say I'm optimistic. I'm being I'm analytical. Saying, yeah. I, I, I'm just analyzing what it would take for them to do something this year. When you're three and four, you try to figure out who you're going to be, how you're going to turn it around. Uh, they're, they're three and four. They're not a very good team right now. But if they're going to be competitive, this was the first start. This is the first step in being competitive team. So they were competitive by not being competitive tonight because they weren't competitive. At no point was this game competitive. You're not listening to what I'm saying. And so just let it go. <laughs> So they go back and forth on a big rant there. They're talking about, okay, what's being competitive? You have to be competitive on offense by passing the ball. Tom's like, well, you need to figure out what your offense is through running the ball. They finally had some success running the ball. So, <laughs> I mean, did you enjoy that, Andrew? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I understand completely what the level-headed one was saying, who talks calmer than Ryan is Ryan, right? Yeah. I mean, he just sounds like a, a whiny little brat. So, so I'm... Here's some stats. So now I dug up some stats after this game. Yeah. Uh, we're eight games into the season, yep. and we've run the ball some games. We have not run the ball some games. So here we go. In games that the Packers have run over 30 times or more, they get 6.3 yards per play. Okay? Okay. They're 2-1 and one in those games. In games the Packers don't run 30 times, they get 4.9 yards of play and have won only one of those games, which was against the Bucks. Okay. So we're talking about a competitive team here, obviously, and that's a small sample size. That's about half the season, but it's showing you that overall, and that's not run yards, pass yards, that's yards on offense. It's a full, it's over a yard per play that you're getting when you run the ball over 30 times. Now, I hate those stats where it's like, oh, when you run over 20 times. Because you can cherry pick the yeah, hell out of them. You're 20 and 0, but when you're looking at yards per play, it's a little more, you know, it's not sustainable, but it makes more sense. So one last thing, just a little cherry on top for this. 
This was Ryan Wood two weeks ago. I believe this was after the Jets game. Um, just talking about the Packers and their offense and what they need to do. This is two straight games, really, where this offense has put this defense in nothing but bad positions. And the defense came out today and gave up nothing. They were even better than the Jets defense in the first half. And as you said, they held the rope as long as they could. And at the end of the day, I get that it's professional football and there are no excuses. But this offense literally gave the defense nothing. You, you, ha- you have to play some semblance of complimentary football and if your offense is going to continue to keep the defense on the field because they can't string drives together, wear out a defense, as it's done for two straight weeks now, this is the results you're going to get with most defenses. It's not an excuse. It's just reality. It's a fact of life in this league. The offense has got to step up to the plate and actually take some competitive bats, or you're going to probably see this defense fade late in games. And, and that's mm-hmm. what you've seen for two straight weeks. Defense will tell you they, they got to play better, but the offense has got to help out its defense more than that. So... Once again, it's like Ryan Wood doesn't realize things that he says or things he said in the past. Two weeks ago, it was, we, you need an offense to help out your defense. You need an offense that will have sustained drives, long drives, that can give the defense a break so that they can come out and still perform well in the second half. Now, it's, it's once again, well, let's think about what it was the last two weeks. And what did we say the last two weeks? The defense was bad in the second half. Andrew, how many points did we give up in the second half in this game? Three. Yes. How many? Now, did we run the ball a lot in the second half in this game? Yeah, a bit. Yeah, quite a bit. We did. That. Do you think the two are related? Of course. Our defense is not worn out. Absolutely. So Ryan Wood two weeks ago is saying, you know, they need a competent offense for the defense to hold up their end of the deal. Now, two weeks later, it's you have to pass the ball or you're not going to be a good team well, in this league. And we just saw the benefit just one, we had a competent offense, a lot more yards per play, and we had a competent defense in the second half when you grind the game down by running it. I, first off, I also don't understand how he says, oh, the Packers were never going to win this game. How, As a Packer fan, how many games have you seen in the past where we're down by three scores yep. and we come like what do you mean we he's, were down by 10 points he, at one point in time like like what like i don't even understand a couple touchdown calls go, go a different way the tanyan call goes a different way what do you what do you it's a tie game what are you talking if about? if you go back to the washington game week one that take news it was the same thing it was the same thing but flipped because he was saying washington was so bad I, it wasn't even going to be a game it's like dude you work you cover the nfl like any given sunday we've seen that especially this year that it truly isn't any given sunday i also league. just want to point out like like a couple quick things, just looking at the Bills' previous games this year. Mm-hmm. We oh, yes, I was going to do this too. Great, we've I'm glad put you up, this. we've put up the second most points. Yes, of anything they've allowed. Yes. So first off, us getting seventeen is the second most in any sorry second most in any of the Bills' previous wins. That's excluding the one game against the Dolphins. So of all the wins the Bills have had, we've scored the most points. We've also allowed the second fewest points in all of their wins. So, like, as yes. far as compared to average, we're 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 fine. So not better. We scored 17 points on Sunday. I'll run through starting week one. Uh, they gave up 10 points to the Rams. They gave up seven points to the Titans. They gave up 21 points to the Dolphins. They gave up 20 points to the Ravens. They gave up three points to the Steelers. They gave up 20 points to the Chiefs. We scored three less points than the Chiefs. We make that field goal at the end of the game. We scored as many points as the Chiefs. And then, you know, we scored 17. And that's all the games this year. So it's like, I understand this team has been really bad so far, but... Not only that, look at the point differentials, too. I mean, you see, like, one's 35, another one's 22, 
the Titans, it's, it's 36. I mean, yes. come on. Yeah. So it's once again, it's just one of those things. It's like you, you we can't lose sight of what's actually going on here. You can't just hold on to your take what you feel like this week and not see what else is going on. He with wants to have something to complain about. It's like when one thing gets fixed, he finds another thing just to yes, bitch. I, so he has a relevant point. Uh, it's, it's, I don't know anything about him, but I'm irritated now by him. Yeah, it's a bummer because I'm like, I really hope he doesn't like force Tom Silverstein to retire too soon because I'm like, I need Tom oh. Silverstein, Jason Wilde, Bill Huber. My, Matt Schneidman's okay. You know, he's a young pup and he's getting up there and a little more reliable. But yes, it's... You can't have this Ryan guy be like the main focal point. Journalism is tough nowadays, but uh, now we can get back into some stupid shit. Andrew, are you ready? Oh, I love it. Is Colin an idiot? I'm not an idiot. Okay. You sure? Yes. All right. Is Kyle an idiot for the week? Andrew, you are an idiot. You, yes, that's been proven. You probably had through. three or four correct questions all year. We have three questions a week, and we are in week eight. Yeah. Um, I like to pretend I'm going for the same record as the Packers, but... I played a lot more games with just as many wins. <laughs> yes, so. there you go. Okay, well, starting things off, Andrew, your first question for the week. Andrew, which of these names is one of a former Packer? Love it. Harley Quinn, Quinn Johnson, Quinn Cummings. Okay, well, I know Harley Quinn is from the Joker, I believe. I believe that, at least. So I'm going to sure. say it's not that. People could have mm-hmm. Multiple the same names. names. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you repeat names B, please? Uh, B was Quinn Johnson. C was Quinn Cummings. God. With a U. Yeah, I really, I'm going to go Quinn Johnson here. Very good, Andrew. Yes, you obviously mm. knew Quinn Johnson was a fullback back in the day. I believe we traded him to the Titans for like a conditional seventh round pick in probably like 2011, I want to say. Well, we know what this means. Hmm. Guaranteed W on Sunday. <laughs> I cannot have a better record than the I, the pack. I suppose, but you're also pretty good at jinxing us. So I don't know. <laughs> no, which it's way only to play on a bet. It. This is non betting, okay. non betting. Okay. Good. Nope. Yeah. Nope. So yeah, very good. Uh, Harley Quinn, obviously, yeah, comic. And Quinn Cummings was like some. Actually, I thought there was more Quinn names out there, but I couldn't eh, find them. That's so. fair. That's fair. There you go. There you go. One and O for the week so far. Andrew, your second question. Outside of the Hail Mary. Who else scored a touchdown in the Hail Mary game in Detroit in 2015? Oh, okay, because the Hail Mary was Rodgers to Rodgers. Correct. Um, so there was two receiving. There was a fumble recovery touchdown, we'll call it. It's a goofy play. Think of it as offense. There was okay. a receiving touchdown, and there was a rushing touchdown. Yeah, so that one. I just need one. Oh, I'm, just one. I'm making it easy for you. Thank you. I'm going to go Randall Cobb. Very good, yes. Boom. We're on a heater. Yeah, we, we're gonna I run mean, the table. I've, I've had to dumb it down for you. R e l a x. Yes, Randall Cobb <laughs> had a fumble recovery on offense that he scored on. I think someone running into the end zone fumbled while it happened. He picked it up. Devontae had a receiving touchdown. I do remember that. Yep. And Aaron Rodgers even had a rushing touchdown in that wow, game. Wow, that's that's rare. So there you go. Uh, moving on, the third question. Wow, two and zero. This is fantastic for you. Oh. Jamal Williams is playing for the Lions. He was yes. drafted by the Green Bay Packers. Andrew, who was drafted first, Jamal Williams or Aaron Jones? That's a great question. Um, I think that Jamal Williams was, and because he was kind of our lead. I think Aaron Jones was secondary to him, if I recall correctly. Very good, Andrew. Yes, I'll stop you before you say anything. Yes, uh, he uh, Jamal Williams was a fourth round pick. Aaron Jones was. Was a fifth round pick. I guess early on when they were both rookies and stuff, Jamal might have got some more carries. He is. I felt like he did. Yeah. Aaron Jones got hurt a lot the first two years. It's been pretty incredible. He's 
held up as long as he has now, especially when no one seems to take a hit harder than Aaron Jones. Yeah. But, I'm scared uh, sometimes watching, you know, when he gets in that pile. Truly, truly, I really Seriously. like no one bounces for even the first drive. That one defensive lineman like just gave him a shoulder and elbow and he flew. No. But, yeah. It, it's like, oh, shit. He's not getting up and it just fucking pounces yeah, right just, up. It's just a little pillow, man. But yes, Great. very good. Andrew. Wow. wow three and for the week. This is this good. Omen. Turning good point omens in coming the season for, for me and the pack. Yes. So <laughs> what is my stop? All right. Spending so uh, this one's coming up after, you know, watching this last game. Actually, this player inspired me to get that every week. The questions yeah. come after the game. Uh, well, yes. So uh, Jair Alexander. Mm-hmm. Is uh, the cornerback, you know, mm-hmm. one of the best. Mm-hmm. Um, Very, yes. So how many, first off, what did the Packers trade to get him, if you remember? They traded a, um, what, a first round pick in the future to move up to take him, I think. Okay. Yes. And how many career interceptions does he have? It's not much. You're counting this week, too? I am counting this week. I think it's like four or five. It is seven. Oh, actually. wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So seven since 2018. Um, I'm feeling old now. He's been around mm-hmm. for that long. Because he one and a half sacks on his career. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. granted, that would be Well, he had, the, he had the safety a couple of years ago, too, mm-hmm. which was pretty good. But wow. Okay. So, seven picks. It's more than seven picks. Yeah. Yeah. He, that's including this week, of course. Also six prior to this week. Okay. God, I, I bet. He's got two on this year. It was five coming into 2022. Okay. See, that, you makes, know? that makes sense. I was yeah. counting early on. But okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You, you know. stumped me. There you so, go. There good we go. You. Look at how the turntables. Yeah. Look at how the turntables have turned. Mm-hmm. My gosh. Well, since we're turned around, might as well turn on to the Lions game. Boom. Uh, we are playing the Lions on Sunday at noon. Fox coverage. We do have Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson, your guy who you really like. He's he's okay. He's fine for Fox, I guess. Is this game in Detroit? Yes. Okay. It's weird that we're getting the number one Fox coverage too for a noon game, but I even as a three and five team, I guess we'll take it. Yeah. But yes, it is on at noon in Vegas. The over under is set at forty nine and a half, which is pretty high. It's probably the highest it's been all year. I don't think it's gotten up to the fifties for the Packers. No, but the Lions seem to score a lot and let up a lot well, of points. Yeah, I guess we'll get into them. Uh, the Packers are favored by three and a half points. And yes, the Lions, once again, are, you know, a lot of people bought into hard knocks and Dan Campbell saying fun things in his press conferences. But no, they are one and six on the season. On offense, they are ninth in points. Yes, they're fourth in rushing yards per game, getting 5.4 per carry, which is pretty good and not great when you have a Joe Barry coordinated defense. And then they are 10th in yards overall. Uh, on defense, they're giving up 32 points per game, which is worst in the league. They are third worst in yards per rush, and they're worst in yards per pass. They also have the highest completion percentage in the NFL, allowing they just fired their defensive backs coach this week. So not very good. They've had a lot of high-scoring games on offense with Jared Goff it, getting at some shootouts. But the defense is consistently very, very bad, especially in the secondary. I mean, it sounds like us from like, Years and years, you know, last like five years ago, 20, where, 2011. Uh, was yeah, our, our defense doesn't have anything, and our offense is just stacked, stacked, stacked. Pretty much. So if we but don't least, score 30 points a game, we're not winning. Yes, you know? but uh, at least we weren't one in six when no, that that's, shit was going that's on. That's true. But yeah, uh, going on with the offense, Goff isn't very good. Uh, this seems to be the year that Lions fans have finally decided that he is not the guy. Just last week, he had a pretty bad throw on fourth down to lose the game, but he has 12 touchdowns on the season six picks but uh not very good not very efficient jamal williams has been their leading rusher the former packer 
He has 464 yards on the season with a 4.5 average. But DeAndre Swift is their best running back. He was a little banged up earlier in the year. He is averaging 7.4 yards a carry. He only has uh, 32 attempts, however. He's also a pretty solid catch, uh, catching running back. And speaking about catching, they did just trade TJ Hawkinson like we talked about earlier. So he is not on the team, which is kind of nice with Devondre Campbell probably being out with the knee injury he sustained. But we'll see. They don't practice until Wednesday. They do have Amon Ra, St. Brown, EQ's brother, who's their best receiver. So he's pretty much the only guy to really count for on the offense as far as throwing the ball goes right now. Uh, and they do have a pretty solid offensive line, too. They spent a first-round pick last year on their left tackle, and they're one of the better pass-blocking and run-blocking lines in the league. So, you know, it feels like a comeback game for the Packers, especially, you know, on defense. Well, on defense for for the Lions, they have Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson, the rookie, 4.5 sacks on the season, and on defense, they only have the two picks. But looking at the offense, a good, you know, good trenches team, a good running team, that could give the Packers some trouble. But, God, their defense is pretty fucking bad. I think we can hold up against them. They don't get a lot of turnovers. Hopefully, we can run up the score earlier, get or at least score first, and then go from there. I don't know. I'm hoping to see some regular Packers football. Well, and then, I mean, you know, with that, hold on to the ball for a long time, run that clock down. That's going to be the way we win this mm, game. There you go. See, you've been listening to the mm-hmm. other podcast. Competitive I have, football, I'm, complimentary football. Boom, boom, boom. So our defense gets a chance to rest. Yes. Uh, Ryan Woods two weeks ago. I don't like these games in Detroit. I always get the heebie-jeebies. I remember, like, playing at Thanksgiving. Rogers get a concussion on the turf. Mm. Matt Flynn having to start some games back in the day, one coming in for Rogers, And even, I think, probably that 2016 or 2013 year where he just was terrible in Detroit. We don't have... Even a couple of years ago, when we did lock up the two seed, when we didn't, uh, what was it, three, 2019, where we beat the Lions twice but didn't lead for a single second during regulation because right. they were both last-second field goals. That last game, Week 17, we needed to win to get the first-round bite, and it huh. still came down to that last field goal. So I don't know. They're a 1-6 team. Maybe Dan Campbell can get them up for this game. But, God, if we don't win this one, and I've been – I'm an optimist. I'm – I'm still feeling like we're going to sneak in as the seventh seed this year. We're only projected like 17% chance of having that happen. But we lose this game, then it's really over. Outside of that, yeah, this game, we'll if, see. If this game doesn't make it, we're, I mean, maybe we're, I don't know. Yeah. We're, four it's ga- four it's games over. in a row. It's four over. losses in a row. Yeah. Pretty, pretty bad. That would be pretty tough to come back from. True. Um, I think going into this game, you know, with them trading, uh, we've talked about it last week. It shows a signal to your locker room that you're kind of calling the quits. Yeah. Right. The the front office has True. no faith That's in you. Point. Yeah. Maybe we can. So Detroit Detroit's front office is saying, "Look, we don't have faith. We're trading with good players. We'll rebuild next year." But you guys kind of shit the bed here. Screw you. You're done. Um. Yeah. They don't. They don't. They know they're not believed in. What are they playing for? So it's tough. There's it, got to be a little bit. That's the thing they could be pushing is Dan Campbell's like, hey, if we win this game, we'll eliminate the Packers pretty much. Like they're dead after this. But I do. You're right about the trade thing where it shows them kind of giving up on the season. That's one of the reasons, again, I wish we would have traded. If yep. nothing else, just to be like, hey, hey, guys, look, we, believe we, in we you. care. But yes. Well, that and then, um, you know, I mean, with, with our cornerback system and only having um, St. Brown as an, a viable deep yeah. threat or receiver, I think we're, we're going to be okay to stop the passes. We'll see. And we might get beaten up a little bit on the run. 
Um, but we'll see. God, yeah, I hope not. But with that, Andrew, what is your score prediction for this game? Yeah, my score prediction, um, I'm going to actually go our defense comes out hot. Uh, 24 to 10. 24 to 10. Okay, that seems like a 20-22 Green Bay Packers score. Uh, I will go with something similar. Pack, you know, yeah, they've, pack, of course. Of course. Uh, there's been a lot of scoring for the Lions this year. This is the highest over-under we've had. I think it'll be a very Packers score. I think we're going to win 27 to 20. Hmm. It won't be easy. No game this year has been easy. The Bears game was about it. But I don't know. Something's got to give. And at this point, we showed enough life last week. This Lions defense is so bad. We have to. We have to show up. If we're not going to now, we might as well give up on the rest of the year. I, so. I remember having this exact same conversation before the Washington game. No, well, no, that was... Said, we have to show up here. That was bad, but that was... That's what just sucks, because now I'm just like, God, if we just would have fucking... If we would have just won that game, everything would be so much We'd better. Be four and four. We'd be We'd in a playoff a spot right now. Yep, yep. It, it's, it's tough. It's sad. But uh, with that, Andrew, what is your bold prediction for this My game? My bold prediction is that... Um, we don't let them pass for over 150 total yards. Okay. Okay. I guess I'll assume that. I don't think it's that bold because like at one point, I know we were only allowing like 180 yards on the season, but okay, it's fine. It is indoors. They're probably going to be playing from behind and that'll be good enough. That mm-hmm. We'll take that. Uh, cool. For my bold prediction, you know, there's been a lot going on this week. Ooh, you know, uh, we more more in the run game, maybe more in the pass game. Who knows? Is Randall Cobb going to come back? No, probably not because he sprained his ankle. I have Aaron Rodgers scoring a rushing touchdown. You know, we need some magic. We need some mojo back. If you remember last year, something that really got us going was week six, playing the Chicago Bears in Chicago when Rodgers ran one in and did they, I still own you. You know, there's been bad, mostly bad memories in Detroit, but a couple of really, really good ones like the Hail Mary. So hopefully we get one of those with a Rodgers rushing touchdown. This so week. you are Ryan Woods. You, you just have one week in your memory at a time. <laughs> Rodgers rushes one time for 12 yards, mm-hmm. and now he's he's Patrick Mahomes. Yes. Now that my whole opinion is uh-huh. just based off this, <laughs> even if there's a lot of facts behind it. But yes. No. Yep. And, uh, you know, just to throw in there, the quick shithead sharp that I hope I'm continuously the wrong on. Guaranteed to lose out of the go. week. Yep. <laughs> um. Jamal Williams, it's about 58 and a half right now. I like the over on that. On rushing yards. On rushing yards, yep. Not including his, his passing yards. So I uh, Passing yards. Pa- in case he does throw mm-hmm. some passes, you know, or, would, or catch a couple. Under. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so 58 and a half, um, I, I think, you know, that's one of the only players on the game that's going to move the ball, really. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, you seem to just be taking the running backs who are going up against the Packers. That's what I, that's what I do. Very yeah. smart, yes. Uh, I don't blame you. But with that, we will have everyone's favorite part of the episode. If you could please... Leave a five-star rating. That would be cool. Subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. That would be cool, too. Does that help? I really don't know. Okay. It's. I assume it's like an algorithm thing. Yeah, it's but like, if you ah, have unsubscribes, that might matter even more because then it's like you said something stupid. Yeah, true. I don't know. But I don't know. Subscribe. Uh, take whatever, you know, your, your wife's phone. Subscribe as well. Mm-hmm. Give a five-star rating. That would be cool. If you want a koozie, uh, leave a review or just fucking email us, pmppodcast at gmail.com or DM us on Twitter at pmppod. Give us your address, send us a screenshot of the review, or just say you want a koozie, and we will send you one free koozie with probably a Packer card that I put in to keep the koozie square when That's it cool. goes in the envelope. Yeah. So yeah, double double whammy there. Sweet. Very cool. Um, but yeah, 
Were you watching the game this week? You're going to be in Vegas? I'm going to be in Vegas, yeah. So we're going to be at the Circa Sportsbook. We get our rooms you know, there, which are nice. Not important. Not no, but not it's important. the biggest sportsbook outside, so it's really cool to like, sit there. And are you going to bet on the it. game? What are you going to... Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, Probably all of them. I'll, be, I'll right. be drunk by fucking kickoff it's just, funny uh, the people who only know you through this podcast are probably, like he just drink he just oh bets he's a degenerate yeah, yeah <laughs> no i mean but kind of i mean i don't know i have i have dogs i love my fiance you know i'm a, yes. I'm a responsible adult but I, yes. I enjoy the things i enjoy you know very fair with, with moderation of course perfect well um with, I, with that I, I mean i'm gonna watch the game at lynn lake this week too because we're yeah. blacked out in minnesota for this game the bikes are playing oh, even though time. it's fox main coverage we're still I believe out. so. I think it's. I think CBS has the noon game, oh. so I'll have to double check. But I'm pretty sure. Shoot, yeah, going to Lynn Lake. Okay, so there well, you go. It's a good viewing spot. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, I don't have anything else. Andrew, do you have anything else? No. So with that, Eric Huskinen, please don't sue us. Adjusted. Adjusted. Right, Andrew. Hello. How was your Halloween? It was good. We did not get visitors. So I wanted visitors. Mm-hmm. Um, children, specifically. I wanted them to come. Good. I'm glad it you was, specified yeah, that. <laughs> it was fun. There was actually one, um, not fun, but funny. At the beginning of the night, there was one little girl with her dad in a panda suit. He was in a panda suit. Couldn't tell what she was in. <laughs> and we saw the dad like ask her why didn't you go to that house and she was just kind of walking fast to continue moving on (laughs) and like 20 to 30 minutes later after no more kids came in between we realized that we just don't get a lot of (laughs) trick-or-treaters so the scared little girl and her dad are walking home and she like stutters and decides to kind of come up and trick-or-treat with us and we ended up just dumping our entire bucket into her bag because we knew she was frightened and she did it but also we had no trick or treat. Well, there you go. The only real story from the night. Oh, and nothing eventful. Are you going to ask me about my Halloween or my Halloween weekend? Well, yeah. How was your non-Sunday Halloween weekend? Um, I I vomited in a sink and almost threw up in an Uber. Wow! Um, but did not and woke up very hungover. Uh, whose sink? Your sink or a, a different person's the, sink? The sink whose house it was ah. at, which is also where I'm renting. Kitchen sink? I No, it was the bathroom sink, and I think I wiped it all up before anyone saw it, but I don't know because I was pretty drunk. I mean, and the nice thing is hopefully everyone else is pretty drunk too, but that sounds fun. Mm-hmm.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.